You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. Acts chapter 20, verse 13. Verse 13. Last week, we studied uh, the scripture of Acts 17 when Paul was in Athens. Paul was making his way through his missionary journey. This is his third missionary journey. And he, he was coming from Athens. We talked about how he went there. He saw idols everywhere, full of idolatry. The Athenians were worshiping idols galore. There was even an idol there that Paul noticed that said, to an unknown God. They didn't even know what this idol was for. They don't know why he was there. But they said, he must be good for something. We'll just call him unknown. So they name him unknown God. Paul notices it. He speaks to the Athens men. And he says, Athens, I see that you are full of idols. I even saw that you have an idol carved with the image, the unknown God. And he says, I will tell you now who you are ultimately longing for, who are you really searching for, because he is actually present with you if you accept him in your heart. His name's Jesus. And he said, I'll proclaim to you who this unknown God you are searching for. And it was application for you and me today that all of us have this unknown, empty space in our life without Jesus, and we're trying to fill it with other things, or maybe other people, and we can't seem to figure out what really fulfills my life, why am I here, and there's that empty space you and I can have until Jesus fills it up. That's what the people in Athens had. They had this unknown, empty space inside their soul and in their heart. They couldn't figure out what can fill this, what can satisfy my deepest needs, and it is only Jesus, and that's what Paul would tell them. It is only Jesus that's going to fulfill every desire and every need you have. And we talked about how idols can pop up in our, our world, our culture, our little bubble. That they can come in all shapes and sizes. And we're not talking about stone and marble images that we bow down to. But it's other things that have infiltrated our culture, our society, that can get us distracted. And the definition for idols is really putting that first and God second. Once you put God second and this thing or someone first, you by default have made that an idol. When you put God second. God must be number one in your life and in my life, must be number one. Because one of his commandments was, you shall have no other gods before me. And gods is a big, big word that can mean a lot of things. So what idols do we need to put away? That was last week. Today we're in Acts chapter 20, verse 13, and it's the time when Paul is starting to make his way to Jerusalem. He's leaving his third missionary journey, and he stops at a place called Miletus, in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and we see that he is ending his missionary journey. And today's title is called Finish the Race, because this is Paul's message in Acts chapter 20. He's going to be speaking to some Ephesian elders, or in other words, pastors, if you will. He calls the Ephesian elders from the Ephesus church, and he gives them one final message before he goes back to Jerusalem. Once he would go back to Jerusalem, he would spend some time there, He would then make his way to Rome, where he would preach the gospel. Most scholars believe he preached it to Caesar himself. And at that point, he would be beheaded for his faith. But at this time and day, Paul is saying farewell to the Ephesian elders. He's giving them one last hoorah, one last encouraging note, saying stay strong. And one big theme is finish the race. That's for you and me today. Let's read uh, Acts chapter 20. Let's start in verse 13. We'll get the context, we'll see where Paul is right now, and then we'll see how you and I need to also, in our own life, finish our race. Look at verse 13. It says this, We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. 
He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and went to Mytilene. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samsos, everybody following. And on the following day, arrived at Miletus. Verse 16, Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. Your attention, please. Let's stop there. Here's a map of what we just talked about. That's a lot of Greek, Asia Minor words. And so this is basically Paul's journey. He started at Troas. That's at the beginning of chapter 20. Here's a sauce. He's making his way. He walked by foot. From there, he boards the ship with Luke and his companions. So they sail past Mytilene. They sail past, that's Kios. So in our NIV, it's K-I-O-S. In here, it's spelled differently. Same thing. They go to Kios. They go to Samos. And here now, they, they uh, dock here at Miletus on the port. This is Asia Minor. This is modern-day Turkey. Here's Ephesus right here. So that's where we are right today. He's making his journey down. He would then travel all the way back to Tyre and then to Jerusalem at the end of chapter 21. So here we are. I'll keep this up for a little bit. This is where we are. Paul is making his way down through Asia Minor, ultimately to Jerusalem. But he stops here at one point in Miletus, right there below Ephesus. And this is where he is going to call for the Ephesian pastors to come. And he wants to give one last encouraging word because he knows his time is soon to come where he would go to Rome and ultimately he would be martyred for his faith. He would be martyred. Let's keep reading. Verse 17. So from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. He he goes, sends messengers, says, bring the Ephesian elders to me. And this is what he says. Verse 18. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Verse 22, And now, compelled by the Spirit... I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. And here it is, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Let's pause and pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and as we study now Paul's journey that's coming to an end, how an influential character he was, just the the grace you had for him. He faced hardships, he faced prisons, he faced beatings, all for you. Father, I pray that as we study now the closing chapters of Acts, and how everything is coming together, Lord, that your, your son ultimately would be revealed, that we would cling to Jesus. We would remember his love that he did on the cross. He died for us. And Father, as we study this, I pray that we would finish this race that we also have. As Paul quoted, he says that he must finish the race and complete the task that you've given him. May that be for the same to us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.
Amen. For you seniors, how many seniors do we have today? Good group. All like right here and then scattered a little bit. No, no problem. No problem. If you just raised your hand and you're not a senior, you just lied in church. How disappointing. My sermon actually is online that you're a senior. So, if, no, I'm kidding. For you seniors, how bad has senioritis hit you now? Oh, so that was a groan. See, it's not like, no, we're good. Senior year, it's coming along. It's great. No tests, no midterms. It's good. See, that's not what we heard. We heard a, oh, it's come. Just get me out of here. I want to graduate. I don't want to take these stupid quizzes and tests. Some of these teachers I cannot stand anymore. Get me out of here. I think it affects also not just seniors, but how many juniors and sophomores are already having this senioritis? You shouldn't, though. It's okay. You're being honest. I know seniors are like, come on. I made it this far. You should too, punk. Let's go. I think for all of us, though, that term senioritis, let's bring it back. That term senioritis can affect us no matter how old we are, in a way. Because no no matter how far we've gotten, how hard you've worked, what you've accomplished, how much you've strived, whether it's grades, school, either, either a job, whether it's a sports team, whether you're on the band, no matter how far we've tried and tried and maybe have succeeded in some areas, there are times of weariness. There are times of getting tired. There are times of getting cold, not wanting to do this anymore, wanting to really give up. We've all kind of had this in some way, shape, or form of just wanting to give up. We're worn out. Lord, just take this away. We're done. We've all kind of struggled with that in some way. Not so with Paul, though. This is Paul's message to you and me. As he was talking to the Ephesian elders, it is also the message to you and me. He is saying, you need to not give up. You have got to finish this race. Just as I have been called by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit has said, you cannot give up. Finish what you've started. Finish the race. Paul lived a life that was not about quitting, not about giving up, not about getting tired and worn out, although he may have done that. He was beaten, he was flogged, he was stoned almost to death. And later in chapter 27, he gets shipwrecked. We're going to read that next week as he's going to Rome. He's been through everything. He says, but I have not stopped running this race. The theme verse really is what he said in verse 24. It's on the screen. This is Paul's mission. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul considered his life worth nothing if he doesn't finish this race. If he gives up, what he just did was all a waste. It was for nothing if he gave up. He says, but I consider my life worth nothing. I don't consider it anything. My mission right now is to complete the task and finish the race Jesus has given me. When Jesus met Paul, later at first called Saul, on the road to Damascus, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me, Saul? I am now going to use you to preach 
to the Gentiles, and Saul's life would be flipped upside down. His name, his identity would even be changed to Paul, and he would preach. This is the race he's been running. It's been a hard race, as we've studied life of Paul. But that's his main message. That is his mission. He must complete this task the Lord Jesus has gave, given him because his life is worth nothing in comparison to what Jesus has for all of us. Salvation. And if Paul gave up, what example would that leave you and me? If Paul says, I quit. I can't do this. I give up. I've been beaten. I've been flogged. I've almost been killed. I just can't do this anymore, Lord. Yet he didn't. He calls the elders. He says, I want to give you one last encouraging word. You preach the gospel, and you finish this race, and you finish well. The fact is, it's the same way with you and me. As he's speaking to these Ephesian elders, this is the same kind of application for you and me today. As we read these, think of Paul speaking this to you and me. He says, church, I consider my life worth nothing. But I want to finish this race. I want to complete the task that Jesus has given me. We're all in a race. It's, it's called life. You and I are all running a race. Doesn't matter how far some of, our, some of us are, some of us are behind, it doesn't matter. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. We're all running a race, and it's called life. But how are you going to finish? How are you going to finish well? The fact is we are running a race and God never wants us to give up. God didn't want Paul to give up and neither should we. But you know, most of us are not going to be missionaries when we grow up. Most of you are not going to be pastors. Most of you are not going to be called into ministry. Maybe some of you are. Maybe God has put a calling on your heart to full-time ministry or to be a missionary. But most of us are not. But, nevertheless... We are all, as Christians, running the same race, and our ultimate goal, our ultimate prize, is heaven. As you run this race through life, are we going to fall? Yeah. Are we going to stumble? Yes. But as we get back up and keep running, that's what Paul is saying. I want you to strive towards the goal. That's what he would actually say in Philippians 3.14. And it'll be at the screen down below later. But it says, um, for our race, we're all running a race. God never wants us to give up. And Paul said in Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul is using this illustration of a sport, so running a race. The Olympics had just started. They had started a, a long way before Paul. But Paul is using kind of race and, and running and athletic terms. Saying, look, if you want to put the gospel in the illustration of a sports team or athletic terms, here we go. I press on towards the goal. I press on. I keep going. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, God is always calling you and me. doesn't matter where he calls you and when he calls you. It just matters that he calls you and you strive towards the goal. You want to achieve that prize. Every sports team that plays is achieving and striving towards one goal, that is to win the ultimate prize, the trophy. That's what everyone trains for in sports. 
That's what everyone strives for, to be the best, to win, and to attain the prize, which is the trophy. Paul is trying to use these terms for us today. We are training, we are striving, we are running this race. It doesn't matter when you finish. It doesn't matter how you finish. It just matters that you finish. And Paul is using these terms. Because there are different areas in our lives that we need to keep running and to finish well. There are. As you think of pressing on towards the goal, it doesn't have to be sports. There are different areas in your life and in my life that we have to strive towards the goal and finish well in this race called life. One of them is school. One of them is school. Students, especially seniors, are called to finish well. You know how sometimes there's teachers or posters in the school, finish well, finish strong. When I was at county, it was on the, the rock that's outside in the back that's still there, and they would color it and spray paint it. And someone wrote, finish well, seniors, finish well. Why would they do that? Because they know that we seniors are done. So I would get sick and tired looking at that rock. Gosh, you stupid rock. Who wrote this? I'm not going to finish well. I don't want to. But it did motivate me, and I finished well. So it worked. <laughs> Students, especially seniors, we are called to finish well, whether it's in school or not. Don't give up now. And I know your teachers may say this a lot. Don't give up. Don't quit. Finish well. Finish strong. It's not over until it's over. Keep going. But the same thing is, is our spiritual lives. God wants you and I to succeed. He wants you and I to finish well. That can be school. God wants us to achieve good grades. He wants us to strive to do well. It's not just for our own sake. It's not just to show our parents, hey, I got a B or an A in chemistry. Although that's good. We ultimately should be working as if we're working for the Lord. Paul would say that in Ephesians. God wants us to succeed. And as we go through school, he wants us to finish well. That's just one illustration, to not give up, you don't quit. The same is with sports. Again, back to the sports. Coaches want their teams to do well. Coaches want their teams to train well. Coaches especially want their teams to never quit. If you want to quit, coaches say you can sit on the bench. We don't want, we don't want quitters. In sports, coaches are wanting us to win, but especially to work hard. It's crucial when you're down by 10 in that basketball game and there's one minute left. A lot of players say, we're not going to win. There's no point. There's no point. Let's just dribble it out. Throw a little alley-oop and see what happens. Coach is going to be like, what are you doing? The game isn't over. Don't quit. Even though in our soul we want to quit so bad because it's pointless, it's useless, we think. Coaches are saying, don't ever quit. That's what Paul is saying. You press on toward the goal to achieve the prize. Again, God, God can use us in school. He can use us in sports. He doesn't want us to ever quit and give up. Is sports the ultimate thing in life that's going to bring pleasure to the Lord and it's going to win us salvation? No. But sports, we're given talents. God wants you to use, use your talent well. He wants you to learn certain principles, principles that are never to quit. 
don't give up. Don't just try to please your coaches or your parents. Ultimately, just try to please the Lord. I don't ever want to quit. I don't ever want to give up. That can be with sports. It's also with church. It's also with church in Hebrews, actually. It says it here, Hebrews 10.25. The author of Hebrews would write, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The writer of Hebrews is saying, don't quit. Let us not give up what? Meeting together. It's that fellowship. It's that koinonia. That's the Greek word for fellowship. The writer is saying, stay strong in coming to church. Whether that's coming to youth group, whether that's going to main service across the street, you stay strong, you stay committed in coming. Because the writer of Hebrews would say, don't let us give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We get in a habit where we say, man, I haven't been to youth group in three weeks. Nah, what's four weeks going to do? Let's just keep going. If you get in that habit of not wanting to come to church, does church save you and me? No, it doesn't. But it builds your relationship with Jesus. It builds fellowship. We do need each other. We do need each other for accountability, for encouragement. If you start to quit of, stop, of coming to church, that's not going to hinder your salvation, but it may hinder your relationship with Jesus because that fellowship is something that God wants for all of us. It is encouraging. It is good to keep each other accountable. It is good to ask each other, hey, how's your walk with the Lord doing? That's why coming to youth group, I'm so encouraged to see you all coming on Sundays and Wednesdays. It's a commitment to never give up. We say, that, we say that for school, we say that for sports and sports teams, but the same is our spiritual lives as well in church. Maybe that means join an FCA or CFC group for your school to keep you accountable. Don't quit. Maybe that means serving in the middle school room. Maybe that means serving in the children's ministry across the street. Get yourself grounded in fellowship and in church-related things. We are never meant to give up. Maybe start a home group Bible study. Maybe get together some friends, meet at each other's homes. I did that in high school. My pastor, Pastor Mike, never told us to do that, really. We just did it. And he was encouraged. He found out that when we actually took the reins and we said, hey, we're going to meet at each other's homes. This is my sophomore, junior, senior year of high school. We would meet at each other's homes. We would have a small group Bible study. It's encouraging for that. And we need that. Let us not give up meeting together. And lastly, different areas that we need to finish well is our relationship with the Lord. That's the most important one. You can do school, sports, and church the best, but if your relationship with the Lord is not striving towards pleasing Him, living a holy and righteous life, loving after Him, then everything else is nothing. Our relationship with the Lord must be the most important thing in your race as you run this race, as you strive towards his goal. How do you keep that race going? How do you keep striving towards that? You read his word. You see what he has for you. You dig deep. You pray. You ask God, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to see in your word today? Building that relationship, striving towards that goal, running the race. Because Paul would sometimes quote in his epistles of people that followed with Paul and we're running a good race. But Paul says, tragically, there's some people that stopped running. They gave up, and they started following the world. Paul says, let, this not, let us not be that way. 
There are people that run a good race. They're running. They're striving. Something comes in their way. Some hindrance. Some stumbling block. They say, I can't do it anymore. And Paul would quote two people by name that says, pray for this person because they have stopped running this race and they have now followed the world. They are running the opposite direction. That's, that's back to your relationship with Jesus. It is a choice. As you choose to run this race towards the goal which is heaven, God is going to run with you by the hand. But if you say, I can't do this anymore, it's too stressful, I don't like it, he'll let go. He's not going to force you. No, you stay now. Come on. He'll say, if you want to let go, I'll let go. The most heartbreaking thing, I think, ever for God to see is for his children to just walk away. Paul is saying, you finish this race well. You don't quit. Relationship with the Lord is the number one thing in running this race. I'll close with this. Paul would write his last epistle, 2 Timothy. That would be his last epistle before he would go to Nero, the emperor, in Rome and be beheaded. Before he would be killed, he would pen 2 Timothy. And he would say, he would actually quote, running the race, taken right here from Acts chapter 20. He would say right here in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Very encouraging words. Paul is quoting from what he said to the Ephesian elders here in Acts chapter 20. He's saying, Timothy, as you lead the next church in Ephesus, and this is for you and me today as believers, may we also say and have this determination and will that we have fought the good fight in life, that we have strived towards the goal, that we have pressed on, that we have kept the faith, but ultimately that we have finished this race. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's going to take it step by step. It's a daily thing. May we also have this determination because when God calls you and me to run in this race, it doesn't matter when you finish. It doesn't matter how you finish. Whether you're breathing your last breath and you're running and you finished, God says, I just want you to finish. Finish well. Amen? That was Paul's story to the Ephesian elders. Paul would finish well. He would be killed for his faith and he would receive that crown of glory when he went to heaven and saw Jesus face to face. May that be for us today as well. Let's finish this race. Let's finish well. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And as we study the life of Paul, as he's coming to a close in his life, meeting with these Ephesian pastors and telling them, be on your guard be shepherds of your church, but ultimately finish this race well because Paul would do that. May we also take this example. May we fight the good fight. May we keep the faith. Is it going to be easy? No. Are we going to stumble? Yes. But Lord, you're with us. You are not technically at the finish line. You are running this race with us. May we grasp your hand and run with you. Help us in this race called life so that we can finish well, finish strong, and finish to achieve the goal, which is the hope of heaven. Father, I pray for those that are running this race, and it's hard. I pray that you would touch them in a personal way. You would fill an empty space in their soul. You would encourage them to get back up, to keep going, 
Whether it is school, whether we need to strive towards good grades and we need to finish well. Whether it's sports, we need to finish well on our team and in the game. Whether it is in church, we need to finish well and strive towards coming. But Lord, ultimately it's about a relationship with you. May we finish well and we can say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. May that be our prayer today. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you go before us now. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.